Hey everybody and welcome to the Triple Clowns. It's me, G. Randall Johnson, alongside the beautiful Sarah Marie and the not-so-beautiful A.J. Ryder. And we're going to be talking this week about the Florida Derby. We have two special guests on, one you've heard before, Big Gary. And we decided to make a segment on Beat Big Gary after last week in the Louisiana Derby, how he called it. He called it to the second on the, on the half mile. So we're going to give the professional handicappers a shot to knock Big Gary off his pedestal. And this week we have the great Ed DeRosa on, which you can read about. He's on Brisnet and everything like that. So stay tuned. We're going to go over it. And it's the Florida Derby at Gulfstream Park, mile and an eighth. Big Gary, let's get him on right now, AJ. You want to say hello real quick, AJ, to everybody that's waiting for you to say hi? I'm a little offended by the whole not beautiful remark at the beginning of the show but you know whatever i'll keep it professional and and not uh rebuttal okay well first off it's only i only say that because usually you're not paying attention the whole time until i say you're not beautiful then you just perked up and we're like what, what do you mean yeah i was texting yeah no <laughs> this is true so we got his attention at Priorities. least aj yep. uh, i'm here i'm here let's do it all right let's do it sorry you want to say hello hello guys all right well, sarah said hello hi sarah Let's get right to it. Let's get Big Gary on to go. I don't know if Big Gary knows who he's going against this week, but let's go right into it. Florida Derby preview, Big Gary. Well, all right, everybody. The time everybody's been waiting for, because of just last week, a lot of uh, big shoes to fill from what you did last week, Big Gary. Welcome, Big Gary, to the show after predicting the Louisiana Derby to the to the T. This week, though, we have, we talked about it a little earlier, Big Gary, we're bringing on an expert handicapper to try to take you on this week. So we're going to keep track of you. So back by um, sort of popular demand, <laughs> Big Gary. What's up, Big Gary? Morning. How you doing? How are you doing, Gary? Good. And, and, and Gary did confirm before we started that I did talk to him about his pick last week, and he agreed right. that we both picked the same thing. Okay, okay, good, oh, good. Sure. I'm glad we got sure. that clear. Well, this week, Alex, Throw that out there. Um, you're going to have to do your pick. And if you copy him, I swear to God, <laughs> uh, it's probably going to happen because you haven't done your pick yet. And I'm sure that's usually when people turn it off right away, right yeah. before you're going to do your pick. So we'll do that last. So AJ does it last. So you guys can listen. Don't worry about him ruining the podcast at all. Should maybe do uh, it first so he doesn't steal Gary's pick. Uh, this is, that's, well, that's true. But, you know, editing, he'll try to put it in the bag. That's true. It out somehow. Um, anyway, so let's get right to it. The Florida Derby this weekend. We talked a little bit about where they're going, where they are, Gulfstream, Park. Gary, break down this race for us and give us your pick. Okay. Starting with number one, as seen on TV, uh, got a good jockey in Paco Lopez. Uh, the distance should be an issue. Uh, if he saves ground on the rail, he could get a piece of the action. So I'm, I'm looking at him possibly being a play underneath, maybe, maybe third or fourth. Uh, number two, this is an interesting loss. He's 30 to one, Chivalry. His jockey is Amarillo. And I'll tell you, this guy can get his horses out. He, he's a very good gate jockey. And I don't anticipate him being around near the finish line when the first main group comes in because he's basically a sprinter, but he can certainly get out early and cause a situation where 
that'll force number 12 to possibly go a little faster than he plans on going. I think everyone realizes number 12 uh, is going to automatically shoot for the lead like he did last race, Florent uh, Giroux, uh, Eta Indian. And I expect two to possibly try to grab the lead because I think the two is going to probably go for his race on the board he's, uh, he's gonna put in the back of the back somewhere uh number three disco jockey i th this jockey i threw him out i don't think he has any shot at all and i'm not even worth talking about him or the four uh, number five governor morris uh he ran second to max well at keeneland one of the breeders cup races he's he's tough i mean he he ran a good race and he also almost set the track record at uh, Tampa Bay Downs. Uh, he's definitely a major player, and uh, I wouldn't want to throw him out. I'm not sure if he's going to win, but he's certainly going to be underneath somewhere. Uh, definitely one to consider. I think he's going to sit off the pace just a little bit and try to make a big run coming down the stretch. Uh, number six, Odge. Archiweed, um, if this was a two-mile race, I'd put my money on him. But he's a big, big closer, but has to come from the clouds, and I mean the clouds. He ran third his last race, but he was like 11 lengths behind, uh, basically 11 lengths behind my top pick in this race, which we'll get to shortly. But he finished third in the race. And it wasn't very impressive. He had he had good uh, uh, fractions to close into, but yet he didn't really make any moves. So I'm not going to really use him. He's just has to come from too far back. Uh, Tis the law. He's going to be without a question the favorite. He's probably ran the best races of anyone in the field thus far. I think uh, with Manny Franco, the thing I don't like about this horse is that he missed some training because of an injury. So I think that's going to probably cost him a little of this race. But he certainly blew by uh, Deta Indian uh, last time they met. He got out to a quick lead, then he backed himself off the pace, and then he come flying near the end. Um, so I think he's going to come up a little short this week, like I said, because of the fact that he hasn't trained as well as much. Uh, but he is a monster if he's got everything going. And he's, uh, by constitution, who's been able to throw quite a few good horses in. And number eight, my first Grammy. I, I'm not even going to talk about this one. I think he's an automatic throwout. And here's my horse, Independence Hall, number nine. He's nine to two, and he's got Rosario on him for the first time. And what I like about him, uh, he's back on a simply a good dirt track, and that's Gulfstream. He's tra he's training well there. Um, what I found problem with him last race when he finished second, he chased some. He broke really well, chased some fast fractions, and then he didn't have anything left. Uh, got past probably the last 150 yards of the race. But he finished second, 11 lengths ahead of that Agile lead. 
Um, I think what I like also about him is that race, he managed to lose a tongue tie and lost his right front, right front shoe in that race, and he still ran second. And I, when I watched that race, it was kind of odd the way he was running because when he, he broke out of the gate right to the lead, and he was running with like his head straight down. And I said, something's wrong with that horse. I mean, he just don't look like he's, he looks like he's, he's a handful for the jockey. And I think that comes with the fact that he lost his tongue tie and his shoe. Um, but he did end up, like I say, chasing fast fractions and he had petered out a little at the end. But I think now that he's on, and that was a race, by the way, Tampa Bay Downs, where the track is made up of both dirt and sand. And I don't think he cared for it that much. Here at Gulfstream, it's strictly dirt. There's no sand involved. So I think he's going to – he's my top pick. I think he's going to run a big race, sit just off the pace, and then Rosario's going to send them flying down the stretch. Uh, if you ever saw the race with uh, – it was back in the Aqueduct. I think it was the – let's see, the Nashua. If you watch that race – uh, you can't be more impressed than what you saw there. It was like a nine-to-one shot that race, and he won by about 15 lengths, and his mile time was like 134 and change. And, I mean, he beat a nine-to-five shot or a six-to-five shot by about like 15 lengths. It was ridiculous. And he looked like he could have ran for another half a mile. So that's why he's my top choice. I think he's got it all together now, training well, got Rosario on him. Um, I look for him to be sitting just off the pace. I think with a possible speed duel up front, he's going to pounce and definitely going to be there. So that's definitely my top choice. Number 10, Candy Tycoon. He closed well a little late, but I can't see him from that post. Uh, no, I just don't see him being part of the, part of the action. So I'd probably, I'd probably throw him out as well. So in, in general, I think, I think the nine is my top choice. Um, and I think that he's going to benefit from the speed duel up front. I think the 11 horse is a throw out and the 12 horse, we know he's got one thing in mind. Same thing he did last time, wire in the field. Box to wire with Giroud. That's the way he operates. He cleared from the 11 post last time he ran. And he can certainly clear from the 12 post, but I, I just feel that there's gonna, he's going to get a little pressure with him this time, and it's probably going to make him falter a little in the end. So if I had to name my top three,
Okay, guys, I'm very, very excited. As we mentioned, we have a very special guest on right now. I'm going to let AJ introduce him, and he's going to take down Big Gary this week. He's a professional handicapper. AJ, tell us about our next guest. Yeah, so our first guest, uh, Big Gary's first ever opponent on our show. He's the director of marketing over at brisnet.com. If you guys don't know, that's horse racing's number one information site for handicapping and thoroughbred professionals. He's the director of marketing there. Please welcome to our show, Ed DeRosa. Hey, Ed, how we doing? Doing well. Uh, excited for a uh, big stakes day. It feels kind of surreal in this environment, but a lot of money on the line Saturday at Gulfstream. Absolutely. And we're going to get right into it, Ed. And like AJ said, you, you are a professional handicapper by, by you are. Um, and you've been covering in case you didn't know, well, how how many, how, how long, how many Florida derbies is this now? How long have you been doing this for the, what number Florida derby is this for you? Uh, I'd say professionally it's number 18. Uh, but I've been doing this long enough that, uh, the Florida derby wasn't the last race before the Kentucky derby from a prep standpoint. Uh, when I was there in 01, I saw Menarcos win, and then he went to the Wood Memorial. So, uh, been doing, been around long enough that this used to not be a final prep. Which, which brings me to something real quick before we get into your picks, and we're not going to take up too much of your time, but I, I'm really curious about this. How do you feel about the Florida Derby in comparison to the other prep races? Because I'm going through the list of winners in the Florida Derby, and boy, it sounds like they're all some big horses compared to other preps where you, you know, you don't even know the names anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say this is, you know, politically for lack of a better word, I kind of feel like all the final prep should either be all grade ones or all grade twos. Um, you know, downgrading year to year doesn't make a lot of sense, but I do feel like the Florida Derby and then the Santa Anita Derby and Arkansas Derby right below it probably do have the history uh recently especially to sort of have that grade one mantle over races like the bluegrass and the wood uh and we'll get into this when we handicap the race but with the derby being postponed i do think that puts a little bit of a wrinkle in handicapping this year's derby because no one's looking forward after this uh this this might be the final chance to run for this kind of money for certainly weeks maybe months uh, whereas, you know, sometimes you kind of think, were they trying to save something? What's the goal here? Obviously, they'd rather win the Kentucky Derby than the Florida Derby. But now with, uh, what are we looking at, five and a half months to the Kentucky Derby instead of five weeks, I think the calculus changes a little bit in terms of what trainers are trying to accomplish here. No, absolutely. And, and talk about, you have to look at horses that are coming off a long layoff, possibly. <laughs> like, uh, everybody's going to have a long layoff. Possibly. Yeah, I think I think part of that will be whatever, and I'm not privy to this information, uh, or if they've even decided, but depending on what Churchill decides to do with, you know, the point system, whether it's adding races, whether it's a new formula going forward after the already scheduled points races, I think that's going to have a say on what trainers decide to do in terms of preparing their horses. I think we're going to get a lot of one prep into the derby um based on the current schedule which is to me totally i mean that's a totally different handicapping puzzle than the typical kentucky derby so i'm already sort of looking forward to hopefully taking advantage of people trying to handicap this derby as if it's 
the Derby and it is the Derby prestige wise, but handicapping wise, all the stuff from previous years, all those historical trends we lean on, I think are out the window. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I guess we don't know. It's the first time this is uncharted territory. And it's also right. to talk about, I mean, do you think as somebody who's been obviously in the industry for a really long time and a handicapper, do you think that the time, say the Kentucky Derby time is, you think it'll be by chance just maybe faster? I mean, they're, they're that much older, these horses. Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Is it, is it going to be a better race because it's that long away? Just assuming they stay in shape. Um, yeah, I would say um, the, the big factor, because they will be uh, four months older, um, and they'll all be now.
us there. Uh, a quick thing, we just when we talked to Big Gary, he talked about he saw that um, Independence Hall because just uh, he took the same thing, Independence Hall on top, um, but you have a little bit of difference on other things. But his tongue tie, he lost his tongue tie last race. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, and that's why if you watch, his head was down and it looked like he just was his bit was wrong, you know, um, and he lost a shoe. I think I did know that. Um, you know, that, that race was uh, during the NHC. Uh, so I was in Vegas. I wasn't playing, but first that goes out to support our players. And uh, it's hard to think that was a month and a half ago. It feels like about a year ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's disappointing when you lose at odds on. Uh, but, you know, I think the being cone horse sort of coming back and running the same race in the Tampa Bay Derby, but not catching the speed that day. Uh, I, I just think there was a lot more speed in the, the Sam F. Davis and Independence Hall did stick around for second. Mm-hmm. Um, so factoring in the, the things you mentioned too, uh, there's to me plenty of opportunity for him to basically press the pace and then get the jump on horses like Tis the Law and uh, Gouverneur Morris. So we're going Independence Hall heavy, which I, I love because he's not the favorite. So that's awesome. All right, great. So we have, we have Ed's picks for the Florida Derby. Anything else to add on the Florida Derby, Ed? You know, I, with 12 horses, I really wish I had a, some opinion on a, you know, 20 or 30 to one type horse that could crash the super. And maybe as I look at this race, you know, another day, uh, you know, we're taping this on Thursday. So some time to maybe a light bulb moment on a big price because 12 horse fields and up, uh, I think is really a good opportunity in the superfecta pool. Uh, the way most people approach them, especially on big days as they box, you know, four, five, six horses. That's just an inefficient way to express an opinion, uh, especially in a big field. So I'd really love to find a a price, uh, but I just haven't, I'm just not in love with anyone beyond these top four. Uh, So my approach into the the race card, which is an awesome one with all those stakes and 14 races is I want to get live to Independence Hall and Gouverneur Morris in the multi-race wagers. Hopefully a lot of people will be singling Tis the Law Certainly will be using that handy and is, uh, you know, the second choice. Uh, so hopefully narrowing in on the third and fourth choice in the Florida Derby will allow me some options to spread earlier in the sequence. All right. I'm going to give you one because I'm going to give it. I'm going with the Ajuid. I think he's a lugger and I think we're going to have a speed duel up front. Um, and I think my first Grammy is going to try to go out to the lead. What do you think about that, Ed? Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't actually talk a lot about the actual pace and who's going to be on the front end, but uh, as seen on TV, I think uh, yeah. can be prominent early as well, uh, which, which is a reason I'm, you know, not, I'm looking less at a, a horse like Etsy Indian uh, yeah. because he's going to have company up front. I do think with the way Gulfstream plays sort of that first run uh, in terms of finding the winner is, is essential, uh, which is how I landed on Independence Hall instead of Gouverneur Morris uh, for the on-top selection. But underneath, I mean, you're right, a, a horse who can lug and just kind of, uh, I mean, you like him on top, and I wouldn't talk you off at the expected price. But, you know, obviously, I, I think when looking for a long shot, you're much better off looking at who's going to be running late to pick up the pieces yeah. than like we saw last year with Bodie Express hanging on for a second. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, okay, so that um, – so is your picks and they are Sarah what are they you wrote them down yeah Independence Hall 
Gouverneur Morris? Tis the law and at Tay Indian? Yep, I guess that, that's correct, yeah. right? That's the same as McGarry, isn't it? No, uh, third is different, I believe. No. That is the same. Oh, so you guys picked the same pick. So whatever. Looks like we're <laughs> going to have a tie. Tomorrow. One, two, yeah. three, four. Exactly. Yeah, and we already well, took them, so that's true. See. We're going to get, we're gonna have to get a five and get one from <laughs> Big Gary. We've got to make this a little one, different. Two, one, two, three, four. You guys need to work together and just, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. That's incredible. I, I mean, absolutely. Hey, everybody. This is the segment of our show where I ask our special guest today, Ed DeRosa, Five questions. My first question was, what is his favorite horse of all time? His answer was real quiet. And he had a great uh, story behind it. Uh, Kentucky Derby calling his grandfather, his first Kentucky Derby. I'm going to let him tell that another time. I can't do it justice. Uh, I'm sorry the audio screwed up on the first question. We're going to pick it up right on my second question is, what is his favorite horse right now? His answer was Sister Charlie. Let's pick it up right there. And Winks, uh, I think she's a superlative talent, and hopefully we'll we'll get to see it on display later this year. Yeah, she's a monster. She's a monster. Um, it's funny you said that about staying on one because I, um, I actually have uh, uh, one that's like that that I stayed on for a while. It was Mucho Macho Man? I talked about him on our last podcast, but I stayed on him for a while, and it worked out for me in the long run because he lost me a bunch of money running his hands all the time. <laughs> For a while. Yeah, I, I remember him in the the TC races. I, I thought he fit with that group pretty good, and you know, it's cash and checks, but couldn't quite find the winner circle, and he, he finally did for you in the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, right on to your next ones, and I already know this. Well, you're going to say the first one, best, uh, your favorite jockey of all time. Yeah, this this one probably no surprise to anyone who follows me on Twitter. I'm a I'm a huge Julian Leparu fan. Uh, I think. Part of it, honestly, is, uh, you know, trying to be a contrarian uh, just because he, he gets a lot of flack uh, for sometimes his style of riding. But I think for the horses he gets on, and I know his numbers in New York aren't, aren't great, but for the horses he gets on, uh, to me, I, I think he gets the most out of them. Uh, I always feel like I'm getting an honest ride with him. Uh, he's given his all regardless of the level of race. And uh, I was a big classic Empire fan. So, you know, I he was with him. So that was fun. Uh, and, you know, b doing what I do at Churchill, where he rides regularly in the spring and fall, uh, you know, gotten to, to know him when I interview him and stuff. And he's always very gracious with his time. Uh, so, you know, I appreciate what he does in the saddle and, and out of it. And I uh, just, you know, think he's, he's a jockey worth rooting for. Great, great. And the last two questions I think everybody knows the answer to. Obviously, the first one is your favorite jockey right now. Obviously, we know who that is because you just talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, your favorite, and we're all going to guess your favorite track is Churchill Downs. It is, yeah. I, I you know, sometimes try to go away from that just because uh, I work there, so I don't want to seem overly biased. But, it, I mean, it was my favorite track when I was at Thoroughbred Times. Uh, you know, b before I was ever a CDI employee, I just feel like, uh, nothing more iconic in racing than the Twin Spires, nothing more prestigious than the Derby. And uh, whether you're on track for, you know, a, a Thursday in November or the first Saturday in, in May or in this case, this year's case, September, uh, you, you can feel the gravity of, of what goes on there and the history of, of Churchill Downs. And uh, I feel privileged to be a part of it as an employee and, and certainly as a fan, love being there. 
Yeah, I can't wait to go. I've been to a lot of tracks around the country. I have not been to Churchill Downs. So, uh, yeah, no, I'll be it, there. It lives up to the hype. I mean, it, it's uh, it's still in the neighborhood, and, and they've expanded, so it's lost a little bit of sort of that charm that you get with, like, Pimlico or Fairgrounds or Saratoga, you know, that's literally in a neighborhood. Right now, Churchill's blown up enough that it's pretty much Churchill Downs at this point. But, you know, turning in and seeing those twin spires, it, it never gets old. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, Ed, I know you got to run and it was great having you. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I got to ask if that's a Hartford Whalers hat you're wearing. That is a Hartford Whalers hat. I'm originally <laughs> wow. from Connecticut. Um, I was a big Whaler fan growing up. So, that's yes. impressive. Yes, I like yes. it. I'm a Connecticut kid. Well, I grew up with the Whalers jerseys and yes. Now, I've heard Connecticut style pizzas the way to go well it's number it's number one new haven it's just the new haven oh, style. new haven okay mm-hmm. yeah it never it never fails every time someone comes on there's always that connection to you that i just did close my mind you every time well when you get out there yeah go to new haven i mean pepe's and sally's is the most popular i'm a modern fan but yeah go try the white well, clam pizza if you like seafood white clam. that's J- Jason Beam, a, a fellow podcaster, uh, and Bon Vivant uh, said it blew him away how good it was. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you have to go. Don't go. Don't go to the one at the casinos. You have to go to the original. Yeah, go to the original. Um, that's in New Haven. And you can also yeah, get say, the original. I'd say that's good advice for most uh, restaurants that expand into casinos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. It is. And if you're when you're in San Anita, get the corned beef sandwich. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. Although I mean the corn I don't know what it is with tracks and corned beef because it's good at Keeneland and Oakland too. Oh, oh is it? Uh, oh boy. That's the only reason why I go to Santa Anita, I think. Corned beef. <laughs> Just for the corned beef. Yeah. It's it's worth it. Yeah, when it closed down, that was our first thing. What what about the corned beef? Can I go there for that? I'm going it's to still open. Cur- curbside service, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right. Um, all right, Ed, so uh, if you could tell everybody out there where they can follow you. Um, I know you do a lot of, you do a podcast. You do, um, I know you're always writing, always doing things. So uh, if you could tell everybody where to follow you, we'll let everybody know as well at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at EJXD2 uh, and also do the the Brisnet Twitter, which is at Brisnet. Uh, just try to have some fun with opinions and stats and uh, definitely encourage everyone to get to Brisnet.com for PPs and more. Uh, the show's going on, so so are we. And, just, uh, you know, tr- hoping, to, hoping to bring some entertainment to what's a, a tough time for a lot of people. Exactly. And that's what yeah. we're trying to do. And I do have to thank you before we let you go because you do these picks on that are on Twin Spires that I always see. And oh, right wow. before we started, I said I'm going to take this pick from the first uh, race today at Gulfstream, and I'm going to see how he does. And of course, he picked what was Kaser? Am I saying that Kaseri. right? Kaseri. Kaseri. Yeah. Pick that. Put put five bucks on to win at six to one, and and I tell you what, Ed came through for me because he did win. Yeah, beat a beat a Pletcher. Even money or something, I think. So look at that. Good. Go. Well, we got a couple more picks. So while today. while we were here, he already won me money. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's awesome. And you have some more picks online. Um, this obviously isn't live, so uh, look out for this next time he picks winners at Gulfstream or all the other tracks. Yep. EJXD2 on Twitter. It's all there. All right. Fantastic, Ed. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll have you back on the show sometime. And uh, good luck. I love it. 
All right. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Let's make some money. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. All right. So you just heard the same picks from two of the handicappers. I guess no one's going to beat Big Gary. Let me want to break it down and listen to their analysis and see what happened. And But I, I don't know how we're going to – but you know what? That's the great part about it. We have the same horses. I wasn't going to tell them to change their mind. Uh, but that – that's what it is sometimes. They don't know what they're picking, and they both pick the same horses. So I, I should make the tiebreaker here because just go with my horses. You know, these guys, you know. Or how about this? We'll go with AJ Riders. AJ, go first. Let's hear your top three. And they can't be the same as Big Gary's this week, I feel. Well, they're not. They're going to be the same as Ed's. <laughs> <laughs> Total sense. No, but I, after hearing both of those guys, it's hard for me to – want to pick anybody else but i'm gonna stick with number one uh number one in the first spot uh with my derby pick governor morris uh coming in first number two again i have number two tis the law then i have independence hall coming in third and then rounding out my top four my boy candy tycoon Candy Tycoon. All right, Candy Tycoon. Breaking news right now we just heard. He's obviously lost his jockey, AJ. Breaking news that Javier Castellano. I think he's going to run harder for him. That he's not for the there. new guy? Oh, he's going to run harder for Javier because he knows yeah. he has the coronavirus. Exactly. Oh, oh. Right. All right, so it's going to be a lot of emotional things going yep. on for you remember when Brett Favre lost his father the day before Monday Night Football game against like the Raiders? Six touchdowns, yeah. Same thing, yep. Same four ninety nine and four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, um, sure. About to, he's that. about to run four touchdowns in ninety nine, four ninety nine yards in the first half mile. Yeah. All right. Yes. So those are your <laughs> top four. So top four again for AJ Ryder was Governor Morris, Tis the Law, Independence Hall, Katie Tycoon. I believe it's Governor Morris. It's Governor. 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 Governor Morris. Yeah, so, All right. anyway, we won't go back into the Say by the Bell uh, reference for that one, um, which I totally could have just made up. I don't even know if that's true. I think it is, though. I think I've never is. heard that before. I kind of thought you were making it up. Yeah, well, it happens sometimes. Yeah, it does happen. Okay, so let's go right to Sarah Marie's pick after we heard AJ Ryder's picks, and he can't hide behind he wasn't on last week. So, let's go. Florida Derby, Sarah Marie. Let's Florida, hear it. Florida Derby, number one, I got Tis the Law. Number two, Ette Indian. Three, Gouverneur Morris. Governor. Governor. And four, Independence Hall. All right. Um, wow, seems like everybody's around the same things. I want to say, which I mentioned a little bit before with Ed, and I'm not sure if I talked about it with Big Gary, but I think this race, I'm going to go on a limb and say this race, I think Etsy Indian gets burnt out. Um, and I think one of the people doing it is going to be my first Crammy. I think he's going to be sent out to the lead. And I, I think Etienne might fade afterwards. Who knows? Florenta Rue said he liked the outside post, which is crazy. We talked about that earlier. Um, anyway, so with, with that being said, I'm going to be – I'm going to take Independence Hall. I know. I already had him picked before these guys did. Well, I don't know if it was before that. But before I heard them, it was already picked. Uh, I like Independence Hall. I like all the angles they had on it before. I think the horse can run. He's going from Ortiz to Rosario. Jose's still hurt, I believe, and he might just be sitting this out for now and just getting better because he's going to know he's going to have more time off. Uh, but it's Rosario, so 
not that big of a deal there, losing Jose when you get Rosario on the dirt. My second, I'm going to do Tizzle Law. I think he's that good. I, he's had a layoff a little bit. He had a little bit of an injury. So I'm going to go with him second. Don't know if he can win. But my third horse that I talked about a little bit is the Aja Weed. He's a lugger. I just think there's going to be pace up front. I think this race is going to be crazy. And I need a price. And I need to be a little different than everybody else. And my fourth horse will be as seen on TV. Got to go a little different here. Just so. Top choices, which were Independence Hall, Tis the Law, Aja Weed, I believe it said, and as seen on TV. That's what I'm going with. But it seems like uh, Cold Exacta, which won't pay much, Tis the Law, Independence Hall, seems like it's, it's going that way. Alex, a little bit on a limb um, with the Gubna. Gubna. Gabna. Um, so anyway, that's our picks. Quick update on the, in the world of entertainment. Uh, Saved by the Bell is going to reboot and introduce Governor Zach Morris along with a Bi- Battlestar Galactica reboot as well. Okay, see? Oh, well, there you go. Governor Morris. I was, see, I, I don't know. That was a weird thing I brought up. That sees what I, see, when you guys are studying horses, you see I'm reading the trends of the new television shows coming out being saved by the bell. I thought about going that route too. But. <laughs> All right. So anything else to add about the Florida Derby? Let's just hope it runs mile and an eighth at Gulfstream. As of now, it's running. I don't know how this John Velasquez thing turns out because I believe he went to Florida and got tested when he was there. Javier Castellano. Oh, Castellano. My God. Sorry, Johnny <laughs> V. I just gave you the coronavirus. My fault. Um, Castellano, uh, he was in Florida, wasn't he? Yeah. And they tested him. So he yeah. went down to ride. They tested him before he got there. He must have been in New York, which apparently is the epicenter of everything now. And we'll see what happens because Florida's already crying about this whole thing, which makes no sense. Um, anyway, that's another story st- for another day. Yeah. And let's see if we can run this Florida Derby. And as for me, G. Randall Johnson. I'm out. Good luck. Make some money. All right. We want to give a special thanks today for our guest, Ed DeRosa and Big Gary for coming on today. Triple Clowns is a production of the team at Big Umbrella. Rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Send us your questions at tripleclowns at gmail.com and you may be featured on a future episode. Follow us on social media at Clowns Triple on Twitter and Instagram and follow me, AJ Ryder, at Troy McLean WWE on Twitter. Like and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. All right, guys, for AJ Ryder, I'm out of here. See you later, everybody.